Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. Morning, Jesse. Ready for your first day of AC Tech training here at Colair? Oh, morning, Mr. Rubin, sir. Yes, sir, I'm ready. You sure are bright and early. Dad always said that I'm like an early bird that's addicted to worms. Don't want to miss anything, do you? No, sir, Mr. Rubin. That's why you're going to be a great Colair teammate. Oh, thank you, sir. Everyone just calls me Rubin, Jesse. Right, Mr. Rubin, sir. So, what you writing in your notebook there, Jesse? Just marking the date and the time right now. Right now? Why right now? This is when I became a Colair teammate, and I don't want to forget it. Today's a good day for both of us. Call Colair because we care. Visit callcolair.com. Now, you get back to the training, and I'm going to visit the restroom. Ruben visits restroom. You don't need to write that down, Jesse. License number 6249C. Vice Media. So we've all seen, you know, Facebook articles and things that are shared from vice.com. Right. And I'm assuming that this is a bigger thing than just that. It is. It is. Today they do over a billion dollars in sales is what's estimated. They're a private company, so it's hard to know exactly. And they have 3,000 employees and... 35 offices around the world. So they're a big deal. And and they remain privately owned. They're owned by uh, Shane Smith, one of the founders, Disney, A&E, George Soros, James Murdoch, and TPG Capital. Disney is a surprising one when you sort of, especially when you look at the type of content and wait till you hear the story behind this. It's crazy. This one is crazy. So it was founded by Sarush Alvey, Shane Smith, and Gavin McGinnis in 1994, right? This is when it started. You know, this is sort of right at the beginning days of a lot of the online things going on. And today they're considered the largest independent youth media company in the world is kind of how they build themselves. But as I said, it's a crazy story, especially when you consider this media company started in 1994. And when we think from 1994 to today, how many media companies have died? And we think about the big growth in that time has been YouTube. You know, YouTube went from nothing to, you know, YouTube has 2.6 billion active users and there's 500 hours of videos uploaded to YouTube every minute. Like this is the backdrop. So with this backdrop, it's amazing that they were able to create this this media company. And as I said, story's nuts. Mm And there's a Canadian tie-in, so I, I kind of like it. Sarush, right. who's the main driver behind it, was born in Toronto, and his parents were from Pakistan, and they're academics. But they moved around a fair bit, and he did his high school in the United States. And growing up with you know Pakistani parents, uh, to be respected in the community, you needed to do medicine or engineering. So he was very much the black sheep because what he ended up doing when he went to school was was a BA. He was the outlier there. And he went to university in Montreal and he got a degree in philosophy. McGill University in Montreal. And when he finished, 
He not only did he finish with a degree, but he also finished as a full-blown heroin addict. He blamed the city. He said, this, this has to do with the influence of Montreal and university and whatnot. So he moved around. And finally, what he decided to do is he went to Eastern Europe and he moved into this little tiny town in the middle of nowhere. Because he said, you know, if I go there, I can beat the heroin addiction. And basically what he discovered wow. was, even in a little small town in the middle of Eastern Europe, you can still get strung out. You can still find it. You can still find it. So he returns to Toronto. He goes into grad school, takes psychology, drops out. Back to Montreal and he decides to do rehab. And at this time, he's living a double life. No one knew his problem. His family was this very conservative mm. Muslim family. And when he finally shared with them about his addiction, you know, it, it was really bad. It really hurt the family. And his mental state was not good. He went to rehab twice. In early 94, he's on a waiting list to get into another treatment center. And, and life's not great. And he continues to relapse. But he comes out of this treatment center. And this time, he's really worried about relapses. So he goes to addiction meetings twice a day. So he's just like, basically, he's just... He's spending his life going to these meetings and he's and he's on welfare going to meeting after meeting and he has no idea how this came about but he decided he wanted to work for a magazine. So I want to work for a magazine. No idea okay. doing what but wanted to be with a magazine. He wanted to go underground and cover things that were not being covered but he had no experience, no training, no nothing and one day he's in a meeting someone came up to him like really random and said do you have a sponsor? This guy became a sponsor, said he would sponsor him and said, you know, what are you doing? He literally said to him, have you ever thought of writing? So this sponsor, this mm. random sponsor who came up to him said to him, have you ever thought of writing? While well, he had in his mind, he wanted to work for a magazine. And he said yeah, to him, the sponsor cool. said to him, I know a place, I'll take you there. And it was a magazine. <laughs> it, was it was an English magazine in Montreal. And his sponsor introduced him to this magazine, didn't know him, and said, I'll vouch for him. I'll vouch for this guy. You should hire him. You should hire Sarush here for your magazine. I'll vouch for him. And they were like, all right, we'll hire him then. So you just think about this oh, crazy, wow. lucky happenstance. He's sitting there thinking to himself, I'd like to work for a magazine. And then somebody comes up to him and says, hey, do you need a sponsor? I'll sponsor you. What are you thinking about? You should write. Let me introduce you to some people. And it's a magazine. This company had a, sorry, and I said something incorrect at the beginning. This company was a French magazine, but they, what they wanted to do was start an English magazine. So he was going to start the English magazine for them. Okay. And they came up with a name called The Voice of Montreal. And he started to recruit. So he was walking with his friends and he started to freak out. I have no idea what I'm doing. And his friends said to him, well, what have you got to lose? Maybe it'll be great. Maybe you'll yeah. do one issue. And then they'll fire you. But even if you do one issue, you've now got an issue you can carry around and show people because you did a job in publishing a magazine. What have you got to lose? Honestly, you don't you don't get a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy at McGill University without doing a little bit of yeah. writing. Yeah, exactly. Right? So so you, you can't say, well, I, I can't write. No, you can write. You've been writing. Yeah. We, we all write. Even if we just are speaking our thoughts, we're, we're putting words together, we're putting thoughts together. I, I've always thought everybody's a writer. You yeah, know, typing exactly. Words. Yeah. So they basically, they start the 16-page newsprint magazine, and they were kind of laughing stock. And really, economically, it didn't make sense because there was already two French magazines and two English magazines, and, and it was like really hard to stand out. But they were covering the alternative scene in Montreal. And... <laughs> 
One night Shane is in a bar out trying to distribute magazines and he meets Gavin. He sees him as this great salesperson, so he hires him as the ad sales guy. But things at the magazine are not working out because they're not, they're not getting paid, right? It's just not working out, they're not getting paid, so they decide to leave. Now, the Village Voice has the trademark on the word voice um, and was gonna sue them if they took the name because they were just gonna take the name and, and run the name. And so what they decided to do is change from voice to vice, completely made up, right? So that's how Vice Media came about. And they basically started this new magazine and they each borrowed five grand and it's the mid nineties and they became Vice. And what they wanted to be is they wanted to be really authentic, get as close to the source as possible. Like if you're doing an article on prostitutions, have a prostitute write it. Go out with the pimps, ride around with them, interview. It was very raw, very, very shocking. And they were anti-censorship. Like they said, when you buy an ad, do whatever you want. If you want to have a nude porn star in your ad, do it. Like we don't care. You can, you can run whatever you want in the ads. We stand against censorship. And what they found was these magazines were going everywhere everywhere. So they were still bootstrapping. It was punk rock capitalism, raw, aggressive. They had, they had no debt. But what they knew is they needed help. They needed help. And they identified this guy, Richard Slowinski in Montreal, who had sold a company for tons of money and was buying up media companies. And they wanted Richard to invest in their company. So Shane and Saroosh, Shane and Saroosh are being interviewed by a big paper in Montreal, the press. It's like one of the biggest papers in Montreal. Stay tuned, we're gonna wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. There you are, Tommy, got a second? Sure, Brian, what's up? I wanna start advertising, but I'm not sure if TV or radio is better. Hmm, what about magazines, billboards, social media, direct mail? Oh, great, more choices. Thanks for your help. I know, it's frustrating. That's why I met with Stephen Semple. Stephen who? Stephen Semple. The guy with the podcast about business success. A podcast guy? Really, Tommy? That's crazy. Nope. It was awesome. He talked to me for 90 minutes about my business and gave me advice that I could use right away. Yeah? How much did that set you back? Nothing. Zip. Totally free. Some business guy gave you 90 minutes of his time and advice for free? That's crazy. He can help you too, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> if he can help narrow the choices I'm in. Just sign up for a starter session. Go to TheEmpireBuildersPodcast.com. TheEmpireBuildersPodcast.com? Yep. Just type in TheEmpireBuildersPodcast.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. They share with LaPress that Richard Slowinski was interested in buying them. They shared it in the press. They never talked to him. They just like, hey, we think this guy should invest in our company. So what we're going to tell the press <laughs> is that he's interested. They, had ma they made the whole thing up. But then when Richard read it, he called them, <laughs> said, tell me about your company. They met and did a deal, like they met in a restaurant, did this deal really quickly, no due diligence, nothing along that lines. The end of the meeting, he says to them that he wants to buy, come back and tell me how much. They made up a value and basically he invested. And at the time, they were like, you know what? If we're going to really make this go, we got to go to New York. New York is the, is the center of the world. We got we to gotta do there. 
we got to go there. And Richard wanted them to go there too, because he had this vision where he wanted to build this multi-channel with all these brands and tie things back to e-commerce and make it go public. So they built fashion and TV and films and they had brick and mortar and they even started a fashion label with four stores. But very quickly, Slowinski ran out of money and retreated to his place in Nantucket. They weren't able to get a hold of Richard, found out he was there, drove out the song. And basically he said to them, at this point, it's over, mm. can't put in any more money. So they moved back to Brooklyn. They bought the company back really cheaply from Richard. They borrowed money from the family, but they went back to their core. And they said, you know what? Let's get rid of this debt. They negotiated down debt. They worked their way out of the debt. They, they went back to rebuilding things on this little shoestring budget. And they said, you know, this is a second chance to do things the way we really wanted to do it. We were doing this punk rock capitalism. And then it got away from us where we're building this brand and fashion and this, that, and the other thing. Let's get back to that. And also what they want to do is get back to doing things that were risky and controversial. They saw themselves okay. as a cultural magazine that occasionally did journalism. And if they did, it was raw. So 2006, they picked up video cameras and basically just recorded stuff. They ended up taking a meeting with MTV and MTV said to them, if we gave you money, what would you do? And they said, we would do a DVD kind of like, but it would be some sort of, you know, jackass meets 60 minutes would be what they would do. And one of their big breakthroughs was they traveled to Pakistan. They visited arms markets in Pakistan and filmed all this and told this story really, really visually. And that eventually ended up becoming a segment on the homepage of CNN. And their mm. whole thing is, they just refused to die. They just would keep out doing, keep out going and doing these things and growing and growing and, and they things eventually got traction. But what they felt was it was really important to have a point of view and to be raw. And then in August of 2013, Rupert Murdoch invested 70 million in Vice Media and then, you know, Disney got involved and A&E got involved in 2014. And, you know, today they're now this really, really, really big, really big deal. It's really the story of, of a couple of guys that just refuse to give up on, on their dream and doing what they love, right? Following their voice, being their authentic selves and trusting that if you, if you keep at it, you'll find a way to get people to pay you to do what you love. You know, so they went kind of through two iterations. So you think about the first one was just this crazy, let's do this media thing, right? And then somebody invests in it with this dream of making it this big multi-channel thing. And that failed. And then they went back to their roots of, look, let's just tell these controversial stories in this really raw, aggressive manner, which not everyone is gonna like. Screw it, we don't care. And they bootstrapped. But in the end, that is what made them successful because they eventually created enough of those things that some of it got real traction. Like something got on the homepage of CNN and blew them up. Other investors came in and invested money with them. But at that point, they had already established their voice as being this bold, controversial thing. And that wasn't gonna change. That wasn't gonna change at that point. So it was a really interesting iterations they went through. And it's kind of a funny story from the standpoint that, you know, again, knew nothing about journalism and had in his head, boy, I wanna be a journalist. And along comes somebody saying, hey, let me introduce you to these, these people. You should hire them. And he's suddenly doing, doing journalism. But the other part that's so 
raw to me. And we would all experience that would be that freak out moment of, oh my God, what have I done? And his friend gave him great advice. What's the downside? If you produce one magazine, you now got a magazine that you can show people. What the hell? Yeah. You know, I, I think about if, if you're, if you're a young person and, and you're trying to make something happen like this, some advice that Roy H. Williams, I've, I've heard him give over and over again, and he's given it to even partners that do the same kind of consulting is, is that keep your staying power cost low, meaning don't get too extravagant on, on what you're buying and paying for. Keep your cost of living low enough that you can focus on doing what you love and, and are not beholden to yeah, stay in the game. debts. And, and to stay, yeah, you just got to stay in the game. How long, how long can you stay in the game and, and hold yeah, out till you're absolutely. doing what you love? And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, on the face of it, it looks so easy. If you're a heroin addict and you have nothing anyway, you have nothing, right? How hard, your, your staying power is, at that point, it, it's almost kind of infinite, Right? How how long can you stay doing nothing on welfare, going to two heroin addiction meetings a day? You could probably do that. I was going to say the rest of your life because who knows how long that is. But you know what I'm saying, right? You, the stakes are low, and the worst that could happen is oh, it turns out you're not a very good writer. And the stumble happened when they got away from that. Yeah, you're following somebody else's dream. And then when they dial back to their roots is when they had the the really big success. And so, and Vice now is huge. Uh, is it all Vice or do they have, uh, they have other brands in, in the umbrella? Most of the other brands inside the umbrella all follow the Vice name. So they're all aligned? Yes, and, yes and, for the most part. There's a couple of little exceptions, but for the most part, they're all variations of, of Vice. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that, what, a, what a cool story. Thank you for sharing this one. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the Empire Builders Podcast.com. <laughs>